Good morning and welcome to a special edition of Hockey the Podcast, Talking Tokyo, a collaboration between Hockey the Podcast and the SA Hockey Men. Uh, joining me to host the show this morning is is a Hockey Men's commercial director, former player and passionate fan, Brett Tucker. Tucker, uh, first, before we head over to the guys, you must be chuffed with how uh, the boys performed and the pride they brought to the country this uh, this past week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been amazing. I think if you look at the support that this has drummed up around the country, I think for the first time in a very long time, there's a lot of people very excited about what's happening in the South African hockey team, um, specifically around what Gareth and Tim have done in that team. And it's just amazing to see now all of a sudden hockey's finally back on the on the map, I think, with, 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 with uh, sporting followers. Absolutely. And, and Gareth, you are there. You're with the team... Um... Springs, you must be pretty pleased. Knowing you, I know you would have wanted uh, even more, uh, but you must be pretty pleased with uh, what happened over the past week. Yeah, thanks, I'm quite pleased. Uh, we, we thought we could have done a little bit better, actually, which I think was possible. That we set a good standard for ourselves. Uh, you know, we fought really hard over the same period. I'm just getting to the games. We yeah, that fight for it uh, continues. So yeah, quite quite satisfied. Yeah, one of the the, the landmarks of uh, this uh, tournament for South Africa was our goal scoring. We never backed down. We we were attacking, and uh, you know, sixteen goals is the most South Africa have ever scored in an Olympic Games. Plus, we played two games less than most of the other games, where we got fifteen and fourteen. Um, you know, it was that kind of spirit. We often see in major tournaments, we, we step back because we're trying to uh, uh, contain the opposition. This time, we very much went for the opposition. Um, you know, was that the thinking all along? Was that a, a plan that kind of uh, grew as time went on and you realized where your team strengths were? We, we set up a platform from which we could counter-attack. Um, we were doing nothing four-field goals. Um, so it was part of an overall game plan. I think it's going to be a good game plan. Well, so we just showed a huge goals in one game. Um, so it, it has been a kind of process. It has been to you know, the right personnel in, a, in our country. So back to our strengths, which, which I think is something that is for us over a long term. Yeah, look, we, we loved it. It was great to see a South African stare down the opposition and say, we deserve to be here. Um, one of those, uh, those people that was part of that was uh, the man on your left, slightly out of camera, the man who uh, was fortunate that the exams were after the exams. The, the, um, the games were postponed by a year because now you didn't have to miss your matric finals. You could come, Mustafa. Uh, I mean... Obviously, the youngster in the team, but uh, yes, man, that must have been enjoyable. Hey, so uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, I mean, still pretty uh, really surreal. I think not describe uh, how it feels at the moment, but I mean, after some reflecting, we do get back home. Yeah, Jen, so can I ask just when you chatting, will you come a little bit closer because it's dropping your sound a little bit? Um, yeah. Cool, yeah. And Mustafa, obviously, uh, along with your brother, um, 
he became the fourth uh, the fourth set of brothers to represent South Africa at the Olympic Games, following on from the Fultons, um, the Paytons, the Evans, and now the Kasims. I mean, is there anything uh, extra special for you guys being there together? Yeah, I think it's always nice to be to be alongside him. Uh, obviously, it's just yeah, my first major tournament, and I think it's very nice to have him on the side, just one room, um, and just yeah, taking as much as as much as advice as possible um, from him, and, and you know, just learn from him. Yeah, absolutely. Another one who had his brother there, but in a different capacity, was Billy and Tuli. Uh, Billy, obviously uh, a, a nice tournament for you, getting on the score sheet, uh, being part of that attacking triumvirate, the Kasim and Tuli brothers, um, as we, we we were starting to call you a Kasim as well at a stage, just to make it easier for the commentators. But, I mean, it, you and I have spoken before many times. It must have been good to show the world on the main stage what we're capable of. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing time. Um, honestly, I think it'll sink in more and more over the next few days. Um, we haven't really had a lot of time to like, reflect and think about exactly what um, came to the tournament with not, not as much preparation as we would have liked to have had. Um, and just spoke about being brave and not making too many excuses and backing ourselves completely, um, regardless of who. I think yeah, the, the, the brothers face their skills and uh, you know, sort of spur the team on, um, really inspired the rest of us. Um, everybody did the cause, and we aimed to inspire people, and I think we did that just by our attitude. And Billy, I'm going to ask you a question that's tough for a striker, but let's, let's exclude your two goals. Which goal was the goal of the tournament for you from South Africa? Uh, sure. Um, I'd probably go with Tayan's one against Belgium, uh, where he just, yeah, he pretty much counter attacked by himself. And he, he ran through the Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apologies, everyone, if the connectivity is not 100% great, it's uh, coming from the media center there, but uh, the, the message is coming across, which is quite nice. Mustafa, while you're there, uh, the goal of the tournament from you? Yeah. Um... I think I'm also going to go with Yanni's one, but I really did uh, backhand. Um, yeah, so I think that was a special one as well. Um, just, just Mustafa, while we've got you on the line, a lot of the supporters have asked when you're having a haircut. Have you decided when you're going to cut that hair or not? <laughs> uh, I think not too, not very soon, uh, Sir Tux. Um, maybe. I mean, I think it's fair that you should look up at your brother who's so clean cut. Um, and a model yeah. example for all the youngsters out there. And maybe we should be going in that direction as well as the younger person. I'll take that advice. But <laughs> be, caref- be careful. He might be like Samson. His hair might be the hockey strength. So let's not mess with it now. Uh, <laughs> well, let's, get but, on, uh, let's get on to someone who, who's, who's still battling to grow his hair. Maybe Rusty can come to the front there. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty, just show us that full head of hair quick so everyone knows it's still there. There we go. Still there. No, no receding hairline just yet. Rusty, how are the emotions, boy? I know this is your your last your last time in the South African uh, South African shirt. How are you feeling there, boy? Keith? 
Yeah, since the last uh, two days, it's been quite emotional. Uh, uh, it's been a long journey for me, and it's been a big part of my life. Uh, off, uh, on a high. talk about it and a question actually popped up now but it's one i wanted to ask anyway was we talk about it um but how hectically hot was it there i think uh yo, i think the first the first three days we got here i was um, to be honest i was tired but uh but, yeah, it was, I think in the evenings it was okay. Uh, the game, uh, it was a overcast, but when the sun came out, the humidity was quite high. But, uh, but uh, uh, we trained what they call goalkeepers, ultra athletes. Um, and <laughs> you just keep on your feet and, uh, you know, and just drink as much water as you can. And have, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, with the the slight change in um, uh, in in format, uh, we saw uh, the two reserves being allowed to play. That allowed you guys to rotate things a little bit. But you also had the withdrawal of Clint for COVID and Mo for injury. How do you think the team managed with those uh, curveballs thrown at them? Yeah, I don't. I don't think people really know how hectic it must be for a manager coaching staff. We were trying uh, a couple of days break, and it was a break. Uh, so all the guys isolated. It wasn't that unfortunate. Lost one of our players. Make it. We just started testing positive. Uh, then, of, of course, having having another guy losing out. You know, as he arrives in Tokyo, having a bad team. But it was just amazing to see the guys that. that Stepped up, you know, Dan Bell and um, uh, Russell Abrams just just flying over and just seamlessly going into into the team, you know, walking out in the park like they've been old Olympians. And I think this is this is a great job and huge credit to the sectors and the coaching staff and Springer. You know, it's not just the 16 or the 18 or the 19 guys that was here; it is the 45 guys that we've been building on. Uh, and uh, I think the biggest aim for this team was not just the Olympics. Actually, where we're going in the next couple of years, and, and that, that's a bigger part part of the group. Um, so it was just nice to see how these guys just came in and um, uh, really made our country proud and really made it so much easier. 
Yeah, absolutely. Billy, um, obviously you've played under Springs in the Under-21 World Cup where you guys managed to get into a, a top 10 there. Uh, we got into the top 10 of the rankings. Obviously, the Canada result dropped us back out just outside, but the gap is tiny. Um, you know, what would you say is the feeling amongst the guys? And, and, and also, how, um, how aware were you that we had reached the top 10? Um, yeah, it's been a long journey. Uh, like I said earlier, we've spoken for a long time now. It's become almost a theme in our team about being brave and backing ourselves, um, regardless of what situations we're in as a country. Um, and yeah, for sure, the rankings is something we always have our eyes on, um, but it's not really something we think about while we're playing or while we're preparing. Um, we're more focused on each job at hand as the moment comes. And yeah, to see the rankings shift a little bit was obviously exciting. Um, but like I said, we, we always focus on the objective at hand and we just try to keep our eyes focused on the, on the, on the goal in front of us. Um, so yeah, it's awesome to see that little change, but we, we're not done. Um, we still want to improve more and more. And every time we're going to the camp from here on, and any tournament, we, we focus on just moving forward slowly. Yeah, that, that's absolutely awesome to hear. Obviously, uh, could we swing in whoever else is there around the camera, swap in some more people there for, for everybody? Um, uh, thank you very much. So they've decided to bring in the, um, the youngsters in the team now, Tim and Ozzy. Guys, I mean, first and foremost... Uh, you both have tasted Olympic experience before, and, and many, many people are wondering how was the experience of Bay, uh, not Beijing, of Tokyo, different to London and, and obviously Aussie uh, Beijing as well for you. Yeah, so it was it was a very different Olympics uh, for many reasons, but obviously the COVID one stands out. Where yeah, we had to go through all the protocols. The preparation was obviously very disruptive, and. Even getting here, the, the journey was a lengthy one. Um, Russell and I left on Tuesday, right, Thursday morning straight to breakfast. So there were a few challenges, but yeah, every team had to go through these challenges. And yeah, it's, it's made it special in, in its own right that um, we put in a really good week of hockey and performances. Um, yeah, regardless of the other challenge or the, the uphill battles that we faced leading up to the Olympics. But it was a lot less fun. That's, that's true. Yeah, well, I think that's that's important, Ozzy. Is a lot of people think about uh, going to the Olympics, and um, the most fun you can have is off the field um, in the village, which nobody ever talks about. How much stricter was protocols in the village? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty bleak in the village. We couldn't really get out the village, although a few may have gone out the village. Uh, Anyone's had finished to see other events, which was very special, but. Yeah much limited to being in your room. There weren't any areas around the village like there were in the uh, game. So that interacting with from other countries, even within a very uh, obviously have a mask on 24-7. So yeah, I think I just, it was the same not to uh, have the feeling of being together here with 10,000 other athletes. I think that's for me, was the, was the biggest shame uh, within the village this, this time around. 
Yeah, and I mean, like Tim, obviously, Ava plays for Netherlands. Were you completely separate? Could you could you see her at all, or or was those protocols quite strict, or do you rather wish to avoid that question at all costs? It's oh, a good question. <laughs> they were pretty strict, and we were obviously very strict as well. So, yeah, we we kept our, our distance, and, and we <laughs> did some Bluetooth hugs. But I did see her, fortunately, so that was great and that was special. But yeah, everyone was obviously very anxious of not passing it on to anyone. And yeah, we we stay quite close to it's called the Fever Clinic, uh, which is opposite the bill or the structure. We had in our morning. COVID testing and when you see someone get into a car next to the fever clinic who's been escorted outside the village to go to a quarantine, it just puts you in a lot of perspective and saying, yeah, you don't want to be in that situation. Any positive test and that's your Olympics over. So that's where what Austin's saying, there was obviously less socializing within the village because you just didn't want to spread it. And also the risk of if four of our team members and staff contact, contracted COVID, then we could be deducted points and and lose a game, 5-0. So it was all, yeah, it was pretty serious in that regard. Uh, Timmy and Austin, are you boys, uh, did you make any mates from the, in the South African team? I mean, I know as the poster boys of South African hockey, I'm sure people are often reaching out to you both. Did you guys make any friends outside of the hockey guys? Not as much as Dan Ball when he had a shirt talk. So <laughs> obviously, I have a model for the last 10 years. Try to pass on that baton to Dan Ball, and he's been very successful uh, within the village environment. But I was fortunate to fly over with some of the water polo guys, so it was great to meet them. Um, we stay on the same floor with some of the swimmers, so obviously there was a little bit of interacting, but yeah, we were very conscious of, of keeping our distance and, and staying within our, our team bubble as best we could. And we didn't really, uh, we, we had to be on, staying on floor four, so we had to take the stairs down so we would see fellow uh, Team South Africa athletes, but yeah, either you wouldn't go into their rooms or, or or try and go and interact with them. But it was, it was an amazing experience when Tatiana came back with her gold medal and we had yeah, a large majority of the athletes outside waiting for her and singing for her. And while we were waiting, we were, well, I wasn't obviously, but the, the guys who can dance were dancing. And that was, that was really special. <laughs> that was really special because I know, South Africa just has this Cheers amongst uh, the country, amongst the people uh, within it, that is so, so special. And uh, it made me realize living overseas how much I, how much I missed that. So that was really special to, to be a part of that moment. And to, it felt like we had really won a medal as a country. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. The same with Bianca. Came back from, from coming second or getting the silver in her competition. That was also very special. And it, it was great to see... The, uh, the reception she received when she returned home, that was, sure, that's goosebumps stuff. And tell me, the other, both, sorry, sorry, okay. just quickly, Ty, both you guys are supposed to get married and you've been pushing it off now because of the Olympics. Have you guys made decisions on when you're actually going to tie the knot with your respective partners? I think both of us have been waiting for an investment from you, Tuck, so that we can actually afford it. Yeah, 2025, because we've been playing hockey for so long and we're in such debt that maybe... About Austin. Yeah, likewise. So just make that a double investment, please. <laughs> Sorry, Ozzy, uh, so it's fine. I'm an official, uh, I, I, I'm an ordained minister, so we can just do it on the beach in Britannia Bay in August. Okay. Um, guys, uh, obviously, one of the things that definitely uh, got a lot of support from at home uh, in South Africa 
was the kits because let's be frankly honest, uh, 2016 and 2012, uh, we looked like we were supplied by Pep Store's runoffs. Uh, this year, Mr. Price got it got it spot on, um, and also a local a local company, South African company, Durban Designers. Um, yeah, I mean, does that give you guys? I, I know it's something almost trivial, but it must give you a bit of pride playing in kit that looks good. I mean, I. I quite enjoyed our opening ceremony stuff. I enjoyed that it was designed by four Durban designers. I mean, I love that Feltzkut came on board. It just had a proudly South African feel. Um, yeah, man, and the shirts and stuff you guys have been wearing have been superb. But it, it does does that have any effect on you guys um, in your prep there? It definitely does. And the hashtag that Sasquatch has been using is bring Ubuntu back, and we definitely felt that. Just with the opening ceremony, walking around in those shirts and the Feltz going to yeah, it's, it was clearly a proudly South African moment for all of us. And we had many other athletes come to us saying, can they swap our shirts? And, and normally we would swap them, but that one we're hanging on to and, and some of the other items. So, yeah, it was special to have the, or to have Mr. Price and Max and, and all those designers involved. And even during the, the unrest that was happening back in South Africa, they still managed to get the kit out to, to Japan, which was an incredible effort. And with the depot in, in Hammersdale and, and KZN. So... Yeah, huge, huge respect to to everyone involved there. And thank you to everyone for, for putting it all together and getting it out to Japan. Ty, you're on mute, boy. <laughs> it was a double click. It was a double click. But uh, another interesting fact, obviously, we got 16 goals. That was our most ever. Uh, Ozzy didn't want to steal GB's thunder because if he got one more, he would be the first South African to score three games. But Austin, you did get a a new uh, record for a South African, and I don't know if you knew this, but you are now the most capped Olympian with 17 Olympic caps for oh. South Africa. Um, you know, how does that make you feel? Um, yeah, less excited when I think about how many games I've won from those 17. <laughs> but as my more recent record, um, not sure how many South African Olympians have won and then drawn a game back-to-back as their last two. Uh, at least this group is on the right track. So that gives me a lot of hope for this group going forward. I'm sure there are a lot of guys in this team that will uh, better that. I hope that they do because we need to stick around. Uh, so, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm proud of that, uh, that stat. I've really enjoyed uh, being part of the team. But you're yeah, next excited when I see what's, uh, what's coming around next. And, and Ozzy, obviously, uh, just so you know, you have a 100% record against Germany at the Olympic Games. So no one can take that away from you. <laughs> Boys, just, uh, just a quick one. You're both, um, you're both north of 30. Um, so what's, what's the plans for you boys? I mean, you're both in incredible condition physically. So there should be no reason for you not to continue to play for a number of years. But where are, where are, you, both, uh, where are you both going in terms of your hockey careers now? I think we actually are headspace now to catch a flight in the next few hours. We don't want to miss that one. It's a long way back home and it's but we miss that. But we're both heading back to Europe. Uh, we will be continuing with another hope plus a season. And yeah, I think we'll keep it our goals for for now. But that's for me. I'm going to take another season in Europe. And yeah, seeing how the body can hold up. Um, and hopefully keep enjoying it, keep adding value to the group and see, see what happens from then next year and onwards. Yeah, I'm just looking uh, behind the camera. Springs is standing behind the camera and he's giving me uh, an interesting look. So this 
this could be light then. But uh, yeah, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to have a good uh, evaluation from uh, from all concerned and see uh, yeah what the path is going forward. But uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been brilliant so far, and uh, if it remains to be brilliant, if we keep on uh, working with you, Tux, with the Tux call sessions, then I'm sure we uh, we've got plenty more years in us. Well done, boys. You both are role models for a lot of people out there. And um, I think we've seen enough of you now. If we can maybe call on the most important person in the team, uh, it's Marty van Staal and our manager, um, the unsung hero of the South African hockey squad. Thank you, boys. Yes, thanks, everyone, for the support. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Marty, how's it going? Hey, guys. Uh, Marty, so... Uh, is this are you going to let's ask the question straight are you going to be in paris as a photographer or as a team manager um i would love to get to paris regardless how it happens um so we'll see we'll see uh definitely as a photographer for sure and yeah i'll be managing maybe another team as well you know see how that goes so, Marty, have you officially announced your retirement uh, to the South African public from uh, the managerial role, or is this is it, is it just been done internally? Yeah, look, um, I, I, I believe staff should shouldn't you know be put in the limelight. It's all about the athletes, but you know I've been supporting this team for for the last ten years, almost to the day. Uh, my first uh, cap with this team was at Africa Cup in Bulawayo and Zimbabwe. Uh, back in 2011 with Clarkie. And yeah, after 10 years, I, I think it is time to hand over the reins to the next generation of managers as well. Uh, to support these boys. And uh, just uh, yeah, stepping down from the official manager role, but I will, I will support this team in whatever capacity they still need me. It's just the, the full-time position uh, I've, yeah. Uh, You've been retired. amazing, and the players really uh, respect you in every level. Tell me, what's been the most exciting part about the games for you, this specific Olympics? Um, having all 18 athletes in country was the, the highlight of my games. <laughs> it's been one hell of a journey getting everybody here. Uh, we unfortunately had, had two casualties due to COVID and an injury uh, of Panther and, and Momia. So that, those are real low points, um, seeing their Olympic dream kind of take turned into a nightmare. Um, but it also opened up the opportunity for two, two youngsters to come in as well, which has been great. But it's been, I, I would say, it's, it's taken me 10 years to prepare for this Games because from a management perspective, it's been extremely challenging. Uh, very, very stressful because there's so many things out of our control. Um, but yeah, having everybody here was incredible. And I think all the hard work, people like yourselves uh, putting in all the time and effort, I think, um, and the whole hockey community uh, supporting these boys, getting getting them here. Um, I hope that their performance and and the respect that they've earned on the, on the park uh, makes all the time and effort from all us volunteers uh, worth it because uh, the boys... And tell me, tell me, Mart, the... Working with Gareth Ewing, as an example, can you give us three words that would best describe Gareth Ewing? Oh, shit, he's not even in the room. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he's also been my roommate, so um, I can't say too much. 
Um, but he is unemotional, hard, and he's got this, he's a softy at heart, uh, deep down there. And he loves this team and he loves the boys. And I would say him and Shangas have really taken the most emotion, uh, I mean, have some, uh, how do I put it? I've really taken a lot of the decisions to heart with, especially with the, with the boys that didn't end up coming. I know there was a lot of stress around uh, selecting the team and a lot of anxiety, but I think he's selected a fantastic team. The, we have the best hockey group from a full squad perspective that we've had in, in many, many years and super exciting to see these youngsters uh, delivering. So I think the future of South African hockey is very bright and we have a fantastic coaching team uh, across, you know, SIGs, Chez and Ash. We really have a great group from all provinces. Uh, so yeah, very excited for the future of the team. Marty, you've been with the team, as you say, for 10 years. Uh, you have had incredible experience. Uh, obviously, you were also part of the disappointments of 2016, but we've seen this team rise from the, the Ashes. How do you th think this team that you're currently with stacks up against some of our previous teams? Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, if you look at the stats and you're, you're a stats man, if you look at it now, the fact that we're competing and we're, we're scoring goals against the best teams in the world, that should inspire anybody to be excited for the future of South African hockey. I've had some great conversations with the FIH here who normally, you know, we're there. We look at them and it's like kind of disappointing. And we're like, sorry that, that we're just, uh, you know, a participating team, but here we were really competing. And when the FIH were telling me that we were the, the most inspirational team of, of the men's pools, you know, that that's, that's great for African hockey. And I hope, I hope there's other countries that face the same challenges as we do that can look at our program at the moment and go, you know, we, despite all our challenges, the boys are still rising to the challenge, you know, and, and that's exciting for me. Um, and it's exciting for, for African hockey as well. And we need more opportunities like this. So to answer your question, um, I think every team is super special. Uh, but this group of athletes are, are a very exciting and inspirational group. And I'm really excited to see them grow into really performing in Paris or even Commonwealth Games. Because uh, I think there's a, there's a serious chance to, to make some, some history. So it's a watch the space, I would say. Yeah. And, and Marty, you've obviously been there for some really special moments over the years. The, the Olympic qualifiers, the the. Yeah, I mean, the Champions Challenge, the, the victories that we've had, the African Cups that we've experienced. The, this victory against Germany must sit right near the top of that list. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've played Germany 18 times since readmission. And, well, official times. I know there's a couple of unofficial games there. But I was part of that 13-0 uh, that drubbing <laughs> back in a couple of years ago, I think 2015. And it was just such a low point in my management career as well. Um, and the fact that the boys turned it around, the draw last year in Joburg was very special. Uh, that was Rossi's last home game as well. So it was 
was quite an emotional one. And then um, for them to, to deliver it, this will def that will definitely be uh, in my top uh, memories that will be pub stories for many years to come, along with every time we've, we've smashed the Jippos. That's always a fun time as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> we have so many people that were getting up early in the morning to watch. And I mean, I, I'm on many, many sports groups here in South Africa. I, I sit on one with a bunch of the rugby players. Uh, and Damien Dalende was posting how excited he was watching the Germany game. So, you know, not only has this team captured the hockey community, they've captured the sporting community. Um, they really have. And uh, you and the team can only be proud of what you've done over in Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, it's all the boys. They've, they've really delivered around the park. You know, us as staff, we, we help them. We support them as best we can. And super grateful for the support that we've gotten from the whole hockey community especially all the donations leading up to to the games. It's, yeah. it's been incredible how everybody's gathered together. And even here in, in, in Team South Africa, where hockey are normally the, the loud, fun, dancing ones. And we, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky that we could get to travel with our, our, our girls team. Um, and we're not an individual sport. So, yeah, we welcomed Tatiana properly the other day. And it was basically the hockey oaks that were... The dancing and singing, which was great. Um, it's a special sport. It's a special community, and I'm super grateful to to be involved in this sport. Yeah, definitely the best sport of the games, I would say. And beach volleyball, second place. <laughs> thanks, Molly. Um, Molly, I just think uh, from all of us, boy, thanks again for for what you've done in the sport, boy. It really is unbelievable. You are you've always been the unsung hero. And uh, I think the guys are going to miss you and your organizational skills are off the charts. To, to have a job like you've got at Red Bull and still doing the job you're doing at South African Hockey is just amazing. So thanks again, Boyki. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's been the honor of my life serving this team. So I really appreciate it. Um, thanks, guys. For okay, we've got um, next up, we've got Diane. Kasim is on his phone, I think. Oh, all the guys. Oh, can you hear us, boy? Yes, I can. Give us a give us a snapshot of what's going on in your head at the moment. There, being the, the star of the show. Um, no, I don't think I was the star of the show. I think it was a really good team effort. Um, I think the boys really defended well. That made the counter attacks really good for us uh, as strikers. So, yeah. Yanni, obviously, um, you know you you had that chance against Netherlands and some people were worried that uh, that would sit in your mind but then you played Belgium and you basically said nah you know these things happen and you actually raised your game um you know as as a striker you're going to miss some chances but how do you get over a miss when you miss a big chance like that um I think as a striker I always think of what's going to happen next um so if I miss one uh, I'm going to have to move on and then definitely the next one I get, I have to put it away. So that was my mindset going into the Belgium game after missing against the Netherlands. And I think what was really cool is after I missed against the Netherlands, the team had my back and said I shouldn't worry about it and that the next one that comes, they know that I'll definitely put it away. So, yeah, that was definitely the thing that no matter what happens, you just have to keep going and make sure that the next one goes in. And, and many people, not just on the call today, but many people have called your goal against Belgium uh, one of the goals of the tournament. 
where you basically decided to launch a counter against the world number one team on your own and basically made them look like they were the world number 21 with the way you, you ran through them. Uh, was that your favorite goal? or? Um, I think, yeah, that was definitely my favorite goal. Um, I think it's, yeah, like I said at, at the beginning, it was really good defense from the team. And that makes your job easier as a striker um, because I'll, yeah, we're the first line of defense. So our defense did really well and Tyson played a good ball through. And I think, yeah, I just took the opportunity and had to put it away for the team to make it one all. Yanni, obviously the other thing that's popped up is, uh, you know, your name is being spoken about on all these international hockey groups. Uh, you know, I have guys from Germany saying, all right, I didn't know about the Kasims. I now know about the Kasims. And the inevitable question that's popping up, and, and many people are probably uh, asking this question, is, so where are you going to be playing hockey next? Um, oh, it's a tough one. Um, I said, as people asked me this after like our last game, and I said I have to take a couple of days off to yeah, see my options. Um, but it's definitely between the Netherlands and Germany going forward. And... Uh, Are you looking at getting your brother across as well, or is it just focus on Yanni right now for that? Um, no, definitely my brother as well. I think it's a really good combination. So, yeah, whatever offers I get, I'll definitely put in a word for my brother because I think, yeah, it will be really cool. And uh, Yanni, I, there's unofficial, Tux was telling me about this, but there was unofficial that you and uh, Mustafa had a competition to see who could score the most goals and that the winner was going to get to shave the other one's hair. But unfortunately, at NS33, so does this competition now carry on to the Commonwealth Games? Um, yeah, I don't think we had a competition. Um, <laughs> the bread was wrong with that one. But I think I'll definitely make yeah the one for the next tournament. Um, and yeah, I'll definitely shave his hair because I really think he needs a haircut. Certainly right, my boy. <laughs> Just, uh, just uh, die if you wouldn't mind staying on the line. But I see Gowan Jones is on the line as well. Uh, Gowie, will not you just, will not you turn on there for us, please, brother? So for those of you who don't know, Gowan is the was the reserve keeper, and he had a very different experience uh, at the Olympics because he actually wasn't staying in the village. Gowie, will not you just talk us through? I know, I know, Marilise is sitting with you there as well, uh, the reserve keeper for the ladies. Why don't you just talk us through a bit of your experience and not being in the village all the time? So we actually didn't get to go to the village at all. Um, and yeah, I mean, we kind of made it the, the amazing race uh, when, since, since we got here. Um, yeah, we had to jump in a taxi and find our way to the, the hotel, only managing to get there at half past five in the morning. Um, and then, yeah, organizing taxis to, to get to training, training sessions and back to the hotel. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually, it was a cool challenge. Um, it was a very cool challenge, kept on its toes. But yeah, the one experience I definitely wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't throw out of the memory bank. Um, obviously, not, uh, not, yeah, not fun being part of the the group in the uh, uh, in the village, and you know you miss out on a couple of those team jokes and things like that. But yeah, I, I think our group is really special. That once once we got together at the training at the training turf or you know match day, there there was a there was a click again. And yeah, you weren't uh, you weren't treated as uh, you haven't been inside the village. You you know you don't know, really know what's going on. Um, so yeah, that that was really cool to to experience that. But yeah, it was a hell of an experience so far. I'm sure. 
And Marilise, while we've got you there, how's it going with the ladies? How's the how's the mood in the camp there? Yeah, I think a little bit frustrated with how we um, let ourselves down in some games. Um, happened some performances we put in, like the first half against GB was really good. Second half against Germany was good. Um, it's just getting that consistency from game to game um, and within games, not having a game of two halves. Um, but yeah, it was good to score some goals against India. Um, obviously, would have liked to get a result there, but at the end of the day, they, they were more consistent than us. Um, but I think there's a lot that we can get from this experience that we can build on going forward into Apple Cup and from games and things like that. So, yeah, still positive to take out, but some things that we need to learn and we need to fix. It's, it's an interesting dynamic being the uh, official replacement in the sense that, as you say, you sit outside the village, you are supporting the team, but you're ultimately like, you know, the, the player that you could replace, you don't want them to get injured because you never wish that on someone. But, uh, you know, when Rassi or Pums goes down injured, you know, those feet must be tickling a little bit thinking, geez, I'm going to get my call up. I mean, mentally, how did you stay prepared for that? And, and obviously, both Rassi and Pumalela had incredible games, um, really did. I mean, it's it's a weird dynamic because you you've got to be supportive, but you've almost got to be in the zone, ready uh, ready to be coming on if it gets called on. Obviously, it can't be in in a game, but there's not much turnaround between between games. It's it's a really weird scenario, and it's one that I I don't understand why the IOC does it this way. But um, yeah, it's different from any other tournament. What what is the experience like mentally for you guys? Uh, there we go. Yeah, so I personally still like watch the video and make sure that I still know what the game plan is. Um, so that if something were to happen to them, which I'm grateful that that is, um, if but if something were to well, you frozen. I think we, yeah, I think we just lost them. They might come back on now. Um, Yanni, while, while you're there, uh, if you if you could pick. I, uh, from the teams you played against, which keeper, uh, Gowan, I see you back, we'll come back to you now. Uh, which sure. keeper was the toughest one, Gowan? Um, I think definitely the 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 German one, I think. That was a really tough one, um, for, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I think the German keeper. So, so staying on keepers, Gowan and Marilise, you are back. We lost you as you started answering, Marilise. We we heard that you watch a video, and that you were happy Pums didn't get injured. <laughs> yeah, so it was just basically watching, making sure that I'm still aware of what's happening from a game plan perspective. Um, our sports scientists are still getting some workouts that I could do to keep busy during the day, um, well, to keep myself busy and sane, <laughs> um, but also to keep active and things like that. Um, and yeah, just kind of staying mentally prepared and ready, like if something were to happen, um, but also not overthinking it and worrying about it, if that makes sense. Kind of finding middle, middle ground. No, 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 absolutely. It makes sense. And, and Gowan? Um, yeah, it, it was a weird one because this is the, yeah, this is the biggest tournament I've been to. Uh, I've been to a World Cup and a Com Games where uh, World Cup, I, you know, haven't played much either. So I kind of just did did the same thing that, that I did there with uh, getting to matches, 
making sure that the guys had everything they needed. So, you know, I know Austin has his, his two water bottles that, uh, that he gets at, at halftime and it, it breaks and that. So, you know, made sure that those were on the ice for him, uh, made sure that the balls were out so that the guys didn't have to worry about stuff like that. Um, and that was kind of, yeah, you know, like John C. Rhodes always spoke about being the best half man. Um, that was kind of, that's kind of my way of, of doing it and staying engaged with the team. And just to get you know feedback from the team from that, um, and that that kind of keeps me keeps me engaged. But also, yeah, same as Marlies, doing the video analysis, um, doing a couple of workouts in the uh, around the block that we could that we could run around. Um, and yeah, I think that that was that was pretty much the way that I stayed engaged. Well, and and just a last dynamic from you guys is obviously being outside the village. You didn't have um, the same uh, limitations in terms of movements, or did you? Um, we, we actually did. We, yeah, we got into a bit of trouble on day one, uh, classic. We just apologize later. Um, cause we had to, we had to do a COVID test every day and there weren't testing tubes in the, uh, in the hotel for us. So we had to walk across the road to the, uh, gymnastics center to go and get, uh, COVID tests or try and find where we could get these COVID tests. And yeah, uh, I think I might have thrown Marilise under the bus because I told her to give her certification, her accreditation in. And uh, yeah, we got flagged up in the village for, for being outside of our hotel room um, on day one. So yeah, a bit of fun and games there. But yeah, we, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel. Um, yeah, so yeah, I left my phone at home, went for a run around the block just to, just to keep sane. Otherwise, yeah, can't stay in that box for, for two yeah. weeks. And access to other events? Were you allowed access to any other events while you were there? No, I tried. I tried to go into the gymnastics because it was literally across the the road from our front door to the hotel. And yeah, they gave me the big old no thanks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And yourself, Yanni, did you manage to get into any other e- events? Um, no, I don't think. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed to, or we weren't allowed to. I know s- some guys acted like athletes when they yeah, got out yesterday. But yeah, unfortunately, I was a bit scared that if we went, that they would chuck us out. So yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. Well, Yanni, and while you're there, just swing your camera around and give everyone a view of what your view outside your hotel room Yeah, was. I think that's, yeah, that's a... Where's the cricket pitch? Oh, the cricket pitch is over there. So like, I don't know if you can see a, a little bit of it. Like yeah, the Astro yeah, that's the cricket pitch over there. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible experience. It uh, must rank up on your list and it must make you pretty excited for Commonwealth 2022 and probably even more so for Paris in 2024. Um, yeah, um, hopefully if I get selected, that will be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we just have to wait and see what happens. Yanni, just, just a quick one, Yanni. Uh, in terms of your teammates at the moment, who would you say is the most humorous person in the in the national team? Um, I think Tom Drummond. <laughs> and the captain. Yeah, and the captain. Who was your and who the, was your roommate now in, in Tokyo? Was it your boat? Uh Tevin Carr. <laughs> Yeah, no. uh, I was going to say, but when you guys have uh, team fines for someone being late, for someone being untidy, uh, you know, just for someone being stroppy or wearing the wrong kit or whatever, who 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 gets the most of those fines? Uh, Tyson definitely. He's always <laughs> late. He's always 
complaining. He's always having the wrong kit on. The one day he lost his kit in the laundry, he blamed all the guys. And I was like, but you took your kit to laundry. How can you be blaming the guys? <laughs> uh, brilliant. 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 Listen, I know, Ty, I know that uh, the guys are busy going to get COVID tested and they're on their way to the airport. So, unfortunately, the rest of the guys are not available to chat. So, I think what we're going to do is at some stage, we're going to do another session with the team um, and hopefully get a full hour with the guys when they're all settled back. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to go, any other questions for, for Ty in the meantime? No, I think, Dan, from all of us uh, to you and the team, thank you for the pride. Thank you for, you know, going out there and... Uh, ruffling some feathers and making a a big result on the big stage we're excited about where we're going as south african hockey and uh you and your teammates brought a lot of pride you know tatiana schoonmaker brought the gold but uh, there's undoubtedly in the hockey community the south african hockey men stood up and uh took this opportunity to make the world notice us and pay attention and paris 2024 can't come soon enough yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just from my side and on behalf of the team, we just want to say thank you very much to you guys and to the supporters for believing in us and backing us all the way. It will definitely yeah, make the country proud even further at the next events. And yeah, just keep backing us and yeah, keep believing in us. So thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Thanks. I think, uh, you know, to close, I'd like to ask you, what, uh, we've got a lot of hockey people on the call. We'll have more people that listen. What is your, your call out to people who want to support this team in any way? And I'm not just talking financially. I, you know, what is your call to supporters? Why should they get behind this team? Well, I think, I think firstly, people don't realize how many people actually play hockey in this country. So I think it's a, uh, that's the first thing is people don't realize the amount of exposure actually that hockey has. I think the biggest thing for me, and I've noticed even since leaving as a player, I think the one challenge we've got is that people always talk about South African hockey and how they want it to get better. But a lot of the time when it comes to actually doing stuff and committing time, money, whatever it is, guys are not always available to do that. Um, and I, I mean, there are reasons for that. But I think the biggest thing is if we can keep asking the supporters to keep putting up their hands um, and making a noise about the sport. Because as you can see, it's an exciting sport. Like I said on your podcast the other day, it's one of the few sports where male and females um, both contribute. So for sponsors, they're going to get a lot of mileage by getting involved with a team that has an audience of both male and female. Um, and I think the time is right now for this to happen. I, I think we've been talking for 10, 15 years. We blame everybody else. We blame administrators. We blame this. But at the end of the day, the hockey community are the only guys that can drive this. And the fact of, of how we've seen how this has evolved over the last two weeks and how many people are so excited about what's happening, I think we're in such a great space. And if I can just ask people to keep asking, like reaching out to people who, who can help financially, or can get involved. There's, there's just so many good people in hockey. The most amazing family sport you can ever have. Um, and the fact that you can play it till you, till you, Malcolm Williams's age. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to be able to do. So yeah, hopefully we can just keep, uh, we can keep supporting the guys uh, correctly. Yeah, Tux. Obviously, it's it's the one sport, and and I'll share this with everybody. But it's the one sport that, uh, you know, you you can go on a Saturday and have. Your five-year-old playing, you can be playing, your father could be playing, your grandfather could be playing, and it could all be completely, uh, you know, a, a real family thing. You know, such is the impact that the SA Hockey Men had this week. Now, obviously, my son is influenced by me somewhat, but yesterday during the Springboks' victory over the Lions, my son watched the first half. Um, he 
this is the oldest son, not the one named after Cheston Colby, but he watched the first half. And in the second half, the whole second half, he was playing hockey in front of the TV. Um, so that is the impact. He wasn't picking up a rugby ball. He was playing hockey in front of the TV. I was worried that I wasn't going to see the end of the game because his drag flick is coming on. But yeah. uh, it was fantastic to see. So, so one, th- one thing which well, like we should mention, I think, and it's, like Mark Jury at Supersport did a really good job now with regards to getting the, the games out there and, and televised. But I think with Supersport's involvement going forward, it will help us a great deal. I just don't think people realize how exciting it is to watch hockey until they see it. And because it's not publicized often, I think that's a big key for us. If we can get Supersport or any, tele- any broadcaster on board, I think that's going to be a major thing for this team in terms of going forward and the ladies team, just to give us the exposure that's required. Um, and I think that's very, very key in, in terms of where we're going going forward. Yeah, and I, I do think the one thing that really worked well in Tokyo, and, and that's for everybody out there, is with the, the hockey being on in the morning because of the, the time zone, you weren't competing with soccer and rugby, which are obviously our big sports in South Africa that attract the most television. And potentially that's where our men, when we play some series, our women, when we play some series, um, you know, Let's not play on a Saturday afternoon when the Springboks are playing because we're not going to take those views. But those Springbok supporters will watch hockey because they all are. They love it. But they won't watch it if rugby's on. So, you know, we box smart around that. And, you know, Friday night lights, it's a great idea. Um, Hockey's a great sport. And get the families out, have a bra, and, you know, have some great pride. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Just in closing, thanks again to all the supporters. I mean, it really has been amazing. It took uh, a little bit of effort from our side and all of a sudden a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon in terms of supporting both these teams. So thank you very much to everybody out there. It really is much appreciated by the players. They're very, they are very grateful of what's going on behind the scenes at the moment and, and, and the energy that's going towards these teams. So thanks again to everybody. And thank you, Ty, for hosting us as usual. You've been amazing, boy. Champion. Thanks again. Uh, it's been fantastic. Thanks so much. Cheers, okay, everybody. Take care.